Welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. Today we're going to break down the South Regional with Josh Brown and Jake Pavorsky. Josh, how you doing? Doing well, Dan. South is my kind of neck of the woods, so excited about this one. Yeah, you're going to be down there for, the, I think, the third straight year, right? Third straight year, yeah. That's going to be awesome. And Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. The South is not my neck of the woods, but I will say that <laughs> might be the deepest region we have in TBT. So I'm very excited to be tuning into those games while I'm in Philadelphia working on the, the Northeast games as well. Jake, I'll be back and forth keeping my attentions on both. Have you been to Charlotte? I have never been in Charlotte before. I would love to go some year. Maybe next year. If we bring TBT back to Charlotte next year, I would, uh, I'll put my request in. It's a great city. These games we're going to break down are going to take place at Queens University. Uh, in Charlotte. It's a beautiful facility. I went down there to visit it myself, was blown away uh, by the quality of it. It's a nice, small, little compact place. Josh, you're going to love it, and you're going to get to see some awesome basketball down there uh, starting on July 8th. Let's start with the 9 a.m. game. We've got the number four Kentucky Kings against the number 13 City team. Uh, Guys, this is going to be a great matchup. The City team advanced through the Jamboree. They've got several slots left to fill and the ability to fill them. I'm hearing some rumors about some names that they may be bringing down. Uh, We'll see if any of them come to fruition. But, uh, Josh, let's start with the Kentucky Kings. Kentucky Kings really look like one of the more uh, trendy teams to pick uh, in TBT this year. I actually have the city team beating them, Dan. But No kidding. Um, okay, let's hear Yeah, why. I do. They, they really they just kind of swung me in the jamboree. I mean, they're the definition of a team. I mean, um, you might know some of the guys on the team, especially, you know, depending who they add, if Anthony Ireland – comes back if they get Jerome Dyson in for the regional. He played at UConn. Uh, obviously, people know him. I think he won a championship with UConn as well, but um, the City team is just the definition of a team. I'm a little bit biased because they have Joel Smith, who played at Northeastern and is a coach at Northeastern. I'm a Northeastern guy, um, and he was reigning from three, but uh, they're just a really good team. I mean, Aaron Johnson, who played at Penn State in the Jamboree, was arguably one of the best big men. Um, a little bit of an undersized forward, but arguably one of the best big men in the whole jamboree justin tubbs played very well um for the city team in that uh jamboree and i I think they're just a complete team they play together well they beat bdb which was a huge win for them i mean bdb josh selby kenny boy and you look at the names on that team and they really kind of picked them apart um they moved the ball well um and again i I just think the way that they were playing getting those two games of experience under their belt i think they're going to be able to knock off a really good kentucky kings team who actually just played in a tournament down in Nashville. They were actually defeated by the Jackson, Tennessee Underdogs, another TBT team in that uh, Nashville tournament. I don't know how many of the current guys were there, but um, yeah, Kentucky Kings is a very good team too. And one note from that Kentucky Kings uh, team, I got a little intel that Jeremy Evans was the best athlete at that Nashville tournament, which had a ton of good teams, uh, local South teams in that tournament, and Jeremy Evans kind of shined above the rest, so uh, we already I guess we're kind of watching him going into that game but even more so, he was a really good player um, and, and really athletic really good dunker, and uh, should be a good game, but yeah, I got the City team with the upset Alright, interesting. Jake, you your thoughts? Now, I'm riding with the Kentucky Kings. This is one of my favorite teams, probably in all of TBT, and one of the teams that I think will give Overseas Elite a run for their money in the South region. Just a very well-composed team. Shout to A.J. Slaughter, the team GM there, uh, for really putting together a great team of not only his former uh, Western Kentucky teammates and guys like Jeremy Evans, who's a slam dunk champion, and as Josh has said, is killing it in that tournament down South, but also went out of you know Western Kentucky and brought in guys like Scotty Hobson from Tennessee, a well-known name. You have Irving Walker, uh, who's uh, A.J. Slaughter's teammate in France at uh, SIG Strasbourg, who played at, at Florida, uh, and those two have put together a deadly backward tandem uh, 
uh, over in Europe. I can't imagine they were at that tournament uh, a couple weeks ago because uh, Strasbourg was deep into the French League playoffs. I think they were in the championship game, or in the championship series, excuse me. So I imagine that's just finishing up. But those guys should be in great form coming into TBT and ready to go. Hopefully they can get some practices together uh, to sort of build that chemistry and to you know, set up some plays going against the City team that already has a handful of games under their belt. And they were really impressive. Kind of just ran through uh, those teams in, in those first two games. Aaron Johnson, for as big as he is and uh, lacking mobility as he probably had in his, his earlier days, can still get the job done down low. And uh, I believe there's one other guy whose name I can't remember, last name uh, Tubbs maybe? Uh, whoever their, yeah, their shooter Tubbs. was, they had one shooter. Uh, brought, they brought with them the Jamboree, who was lights out, who was crashing the boards, shooting very well from three. Uh, that gave them, you know, a lot of uh, great dynamics uh, on that team. And then once you add Jerome Dyson, who over the past three years, what has it he won? Italian Super Cup winner MVP in 2014. Italian Serie A champion in 2015. Israeli Super League champion last year and Super League champion again this year and Final Four MVP. Uh, when you can guy, add a guy like that uh, and you were already winning without him, it's really impressive. Uh, so I'm very look, much looking forward to watching those two teams go at it, and I, I want to see who else the City team uh, can add with their remaining roster spots, because they're already stacked, and if they can add a couple more high-level players, you know, it, the sky's the limit for them. Uh, let's make a couple of comments here about this Kentucky Kings team, just to put them in perspective for Josh, because I think he's in love with the <laughs> Northeastern guys. Uh, the lottery pick for the Knicks this year was this guy, Frank, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Neil Aquina, I got you. Okay, great. Say it again. Frank Neil Aquino. Okay, lottery pick. Now, granted, Phil Jackson's now out from the Knicks, but he has a pretty good track record of identifying foreign players, wouldn't you say, Jake? Yeah, he's done a, a pretty good job at that. Nailed it with the Porzingis pick, even though he couldn't maintain a friendship with him, but nailed it. I mean, that guy, everybody made fun of him at the time, turned out to be legitimately a transcendent player in the NBA. So he picks this Frank, what's his name again, Jake? Frank Neil Aquino. Right. Uh, Frank Neil Aquino played on the same Strasbourg team overseas as A.J. Slaughter and... Irving Walker, right? On the same squad. Yep, split a lot of minutes together. Yeah, and A.J. Slaughter and Irving Walker played over him. That's how good those guys are. They're better than a lottery pick. Granted, they're a little bit older, obviously, but they're better than those guys. These guys have played together at Kentucky Kings, Western Kentucky University. There's a bunch of guys that played at Western Kentucky. There's several guys that played for Illinois State. In fact, I think there's two that played for Illinois State. Um, in Osiris Eldridge, who played in TBT in 2015 with the Hoopville Warriors, is an awesome player. I mean, Osiris Eldridge is really one of those guys that you have to see in person to believe that this guy is not in the NBA. Jackie Carmichael, 6'9", power forward from Illinois State, is the other guy from uh, Illinois State. This is really a talented team. You've got Eric Buckner, a Georgia State 6'10", power forward, who can get up and down the court. I think this Kentucky Kings team is really, really good. Now, on the flip side... The City team, as I mentioned, does have some opportunity to add some players. What you're seeing on the website, if you're looking at this on um, – it depends on when you're looking at this. It may not reflect exactly who's going to be playing there. They did submit a roster for the Jamboree. It's largely going to be based upon that. So what you're going to be looking at is a core group of guys based upon what you saw at the Jamboree, which would include Aaron Johnson from Penn State, Joel Smith from Northeastern, Justin Tubbs from Eastern Tennessee, Tevin Glass from Wichita State. So it's obviously going to be a great team. And the fact, again, that they're a 13 seed – speaks a lot to the quality. But there's some other guys that they might be adding that really are game changers, including one guy who I'm not going to name, but... Uh, Drop some names, Dan. Come on, you got to do it. Well, let me put it this way. He's a TBT runner-up and an NBA champion. Oh, wow. And if you know TBT and you're, and you're up on your NBA stuff, um, that's a name that I've heard rumored to be associated with that squad. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who the city team actually brings down with them. They have a history of pulling this stuff together at the last minute. I'm personally fascinated to find out who they actually show up with. Maybe they end up being a lot better than a, a 13 seed, but we'll see. That's the 9 a.m. game on Saturday, July uh, 8th. That's going to be the Kentucky Kings against the city team. Now, the winner of that game is going to play the winner of the 5-12 matchup, which is the Tampa Bulls, the 5 seed, versus the 12 seed, 7 city grain. That's the 10-45 matchup on Saturday, July 8th. Tampa Bulls, uh, Josh, another trendy pick to uh, advance and potentially unseat overseas elite. Do you have the 12 beat in the 5 here? No, I don't hear, Dan, but you said it. It seems like everyone on Twitter is saying the Tampa Bulls are, are the team to beat overseas elite. I mean, I could certainly see it, but, um, you know, they're going to have a tough first-round matchup with uh, Seven City Grain, who I know has already begun practicing. Uh, I believe they had a practice last night, um, so they're really getting into it. But, yeah, I mean, the Tampa Bulls team's really good. I mean, they begin with Dominique Jones, who won uh, the 2011 uh, NBA championship with the Mavericks, and it just kind of builds out from there. I mean, Torland Fitzpatrick played with Jason Williams and Mike Bibby on Pedro's Posse. Anthony Collins is um, second all-time in assists at uh, USF. So they're a really good, talented team. They go really deep. Javante Hawkins comes from Eastern Kentucky, really good addition to that team. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to unseat overseas elite just yet, but they have a lot of good pieces in place to do just that between the three I mentioned. Uh, Corey Allen Jr. played a couple of years at South Florida, really good uh, passer on that team. He can also finish at the hoop. So they're a really good team. They have a lot of potential, um, and I think they'll get by a tough Seven City Grain team on that first matchup. But uh, it's going to be, again, tough to over uh, you know unseat overseas elite. But, you know, we'll see what they can do. Jake, your thoughts on this um, on this five twelve? Yeah, I really like this Tampa Bulls team. Very well composed, and I hear that they have a, a pretty strong uh, USF contingent in Charlotte that is going to be coming out to the game. So it's going to be a home game for uh, for those of the Bulls. As as Josh has mentioned, a lot of guys with TBT experience. You have Torrell and Fitzpatrick, Dominique Jones played with BDB back in the day. You also have Augustus Gilchrist used to run with DMV's finest. So this is a team that is you know youthful, and is a lot of guys who are just graduating from USF in the past couple of years but also some guys who know how TVT works and can lead the way, uh, both from a leadership perspective as well as a scoring perspective. Dominique Jones uh, is an absolute shooter who put up big numbers in China over the past year. Uh, so he's going to definitely be you know, the guy that Seven City Grain will have to hone in on and will really need to shut down in order to try and win that game. But I'm, I'm riding with the Bulls on this one. I think they'll come out victorious. Uh, a couple names to look for on the, um, on the Tampa Bulls. Will McDonald, uh, one of those guys has been playing overseas forever, 6'11 center been playing in China. He was emailing me as early as October about trying to get this, uh, get himself into TBT. Um, I don't think he thought he would end up on a USF alumni team, but certainly he, he is now. Terrence Leather is one of these guys that's just going to come in and probably give them 7 to 12 minutes a game at the high end, but he's going to be nothing but intensity the whole time. Tampa Bulls are going to be very good. Seven City Grain is a team to me that is dangerous, and if I was the Tampa Bulls, I would not take that team lightly. Uh, they're all from that Norfolk Tides area um, of Virginia. Uh, the Seven Cities are obviously the, the nickname for the, the area surrounding that Norfolk, uh, Virginia area. But this is really an incredible matchup here, this 5-12 one. I'm intrigued to see who comes out of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, if either team won. Um, but I do think I'd probably give the edge to Tampa Bulls uh, in this 5-12. Um, it's going to be a really great game. That, again, is going to be the 10-45 game on Saturday morning, July 8th. All right, guys, the number one seed 
in the South region. I think objectively, anyone would say that this is the number one seed uh, in TBT overall. The 12:30 matchup features the number one overseas elite back-to-back TBT champions against the number 16 Chattanooga Trenches. Jake, what has um, impressed you about overseas elite in TBT in the past? I think it's just their ability to, to stick together, to come back with the same core of guys who are, are selfless, who know how to play uh, with each other. And, you know, the story of, you know, you start out the first day with only five guys. You have to rush to the airport to get Travis Bader. Uh, and then you come out and you make this incredible run and you maintain this chemistry and this composure through your entire run. And these guys just make big plays. DJ Kennedy is the exact guy you want with the ball in your hand, uh, with the ball in his hands, late in the game when you need a bucket, he showed that last year in the championship game against Colorado, came down the floor, scored a, scored a ridiculous floater uh, to basically put the game out of reach. This is a team that is unfazed by anything. You know, even when TBT doubted them last year and put them as a two seed, these are the kind of things that shake them. This is the kind of things that motivate them, and they just continue to retool. They bring in Oliver Lafayette, a guy from Houston uh, who's playing overseas uh, in Euroleague, making a ton of money there. Dewan Blair, uh, an NBA veteran who spent a lot of time uh, with the San Antonio Spurs and the Washington Wizards, had a great career at Pittsburgh when he was in college, is now trying to work his way back. I imagine he's going to be motivated to show what he can get, uh, he can do in order to get some NBA offers. And then you have Justin Burrell as well, another TBT veteran who spent some time with uh, Team Barstool in 2014 and I believe Slam Magazine, uh, their team in 2015. Very well-composed team. It's great that they continue to keep the same core of guys. Uh, and it's a selfless team that plays very well uh, with each other. I imagine the Chattanooga t- Trenches will also have have a chip on their shoulder, similar to overseas elite in past years. Uh, but talent-wise, they're just going to be completely outmatched. It's unfortunate, but it, it's this overseas elite team is just going to be, you know, you have to bring your best every single possession to try and beat these guys. Josh, overseas elite is missing Mike Cabongo this year. Uh, he's not back with them. Uh, they've replaced him with Oliver Lafayette. A bit of a different player, but really a great defensive reputation from his years playing overseas. Overseas elite doesn't seem like they've kind of come back. It seems like they've reloaded. I mean, with adding Dewan Blair and Justin Burrell, to the teams that they had last year and the year before, it just seems almost unfair. (laughs) No, it's true, Dan. And I think um, you could envision a scenario before. I mean, they they probably should have lost both of their games last year in both the semifinals um, and the the semifinals to City of Gods and the championship to Team Colorado with the way they started both of those games. They probably should have um, fell in one of those two games just by law of averages. You fall behind by 20, two games in a row. But... um, you know, they've, they've kind of taken steps, I think, to prevent that because, uh, you know, they, they've had a little bit of trouble last year starting games and not just in those games, even when they played, uh, Showtime down in the first round. Showtime got on them a little bit early and they were, they had a lead for a little bit of that game. They played them well in the first half. So, um, I think they've taken steps to try to prevent that. They've added a couple of veterans who know, uh, in the one and done tournament, um, you know, every kind of possession matters, like you mentioned with Blair, Burrell, and Lafayette. And, um, I mean, they have the best player in TBT too. We always, I feel like we always kind of talk about this guy. Guy could be the best player in TBT. This guy could be, uh, you know, the most dynamic player in TBT. We know DJ Kennedy what he's going to give you, and we know he's been probably the best player in TBT for two years in a row now. So um, they have not only a guy who has proven himself to be, again, the, really the best player in the whole tournament. Uh, they have that core back with Jefferson, McCollum. Uh, even O'Brien gives them good minutes. Kane was huge for them. You can't forget Fog and Horn. And then they add uh, a couple of guys, like you said, which kind of makes it a little bit unfair to add those guys. But when you're the champions, everyone wants to play with you. And it seems like um, between Burrell and Blair, everyone wants to play with them. little interesting story with Burrell 
He actually was supposed to be on that inaugural overseas elite team that won in uh, 2015. If you listen to the interview we did with DJ Kennedy, he talks about it a little bit. Uh, it just kind of fell through, and he ended up on that barstool team. But Burrell has deep ties with that St. John's connection with um, Horn, DJ Kennedy, and um, yeah, the, the two of them over at St. John's. So he has deep connections with them. He should have been on the overseas elite team from the jump, and now he pairs up with them. So um, yeah, I mean, what can you say about them, Dan? 13-0, and 0, and uh, it's going to take a heroic effort to knock them off that pedestal. Yeah, and you said it, Josh, is that success uh, breeds success. They have guys now wanting to play with them. I think they probably had more people begging to play with them than they had opportunities to put players on the roster. There's a lot of connections here that uh, people may not know about. Justin Burrell and Paris Horn go all the way back to their prep school days where they were roommates. Uh, actually, Paris Horn is Justin Burrell's daughter's uh, godfather, so there's a connection mm-hmm. there. Dewan Blair... DeAndre Kane and DJ Kennedy all played at Shenley High in Pittsburgh, which is just ridiculous when you think about the fact that those three guys were on the same high school team. But holy crap. Uh, DeAndre Kane is listed as a booster right now. He's recovering from a little bit of a um, uh, end-of-the-season type injury, but it's possible that he's going to be suiting up for this team as early as the opening round as well. Um, I'm also hearing that uh, Travis Bader, NCAA's all-time leading three-point shooter, uh, will be on this roster. So, you know, this is a team that is just so versatile. They're like a Swiss army knife of teams. And I think that's the key to success in TBT is you got to be able to match up with whatever happens. And I was talking, I was actually texting with Eric McCollum the other day. And uh, the thing that's apparent is that this team has just looked like they're down and out so many times. Like how many times last year and the year before did it look like they were going to lose? They were down 20 in the championship game. City of Gods had them on the ropes uh, in the semifinals even last year and the year before, and they just come back and win. And so that's a that's the type of experience and the type of uh, success in the face of a potential failure that's just almost impossible to replicate. Um, I don't want to just gloss over the 16 seed, the Chattanooga Trenchers either, though, because I think that what's apparent is that a 16 seed is by no means uh, as far off from a one seed in TBT as it would be in the NCAA tournament. This is a team that has a bunch of D1 players um, and some guys that played at some really good schools. Philip Jurek played at Oklahoma State. Um, You've got Fred Sturdivant, who played at Texas Southern. Um, You've got Richie Taylor, who played at uh, University of Tennessee Chattanooga, which has had success over the last couple of years as well. Uh, And Jake, I mean, uh, Josh, you were telling me that the Chattanooga Trenches played in in a tournament last weekend and did pretty well. Yeah, they they didn't make it too far in the tournament, but they so in this the Nashville tournament they beat the Jackson Tennessee underdogs, and then the Jackson Tennessee underdogs ended up beating Train to Go and the Kentucky Kings later in the tournament. So um, they you know they beat a really good team. I mean, we're going to get to the Midwest preview if you're listening to this. It'll be the next week, um, and I think a lot of people are high on the Jackson Tennessee underdogs, and these guys actually beat them, and the underdogs had their whole team there. Um, so this is a team who can play with the best of them. Um, Philip Jerk, I've heard great things about. You've mentioned him, Dan, the center from Oklahoma State. So, um, you know, they're one of these scrappy teams that you, you don't really know what to expect coming in, but they're going to play hard, and they know how to play together. So um, any team who has beaten Jackson, Tennessee, you know they're going to be a good team, and they're going to bring it. No question. So by the transit of property, Chattanooga also beat the Kentucky Kings. We're, we're using go. math yeah. properties. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not a math guy. I'm more of a numbers guy, but that – Seems to make sense. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think I think the other thing, Brandon Suttles has done a great job of putting together that Chattanooga team. He's very hungry. He's one of those GMs that uh, was in on TBT very early, emailing in the offseason. So, you know, those types of guys tend to put together very good teams. Uh, they obviously have 
a tough match against uh, Overseas Elite in that first-round game. But I think anybody matched up against Overseas Elite is going to feel that same way. Um, if Overseas Elite does prevail over that 16-seed Chattanooga Trenches, they're going to get matched up with the winner of the 8-9 game, which is at 2.15 on Saturday, July 8th. Uh, in Charlotte, that's going to be the number eight seed Matadors, which is a Texas Tech alumni team, against the number nine seed, the Washington Generals, who come in on a 46-year losing streak. Uh, Josh, I heard an interview that you did uh, the other day um, with uh, – I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Sunday out of games. Yeah, Sunday yeah. out of games. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, as I was listening to that interview, it became clear to me that this is not really like – not to use the cliche, but I will use it anyway. Uh, this is not your father's Washington Generals team. <laughs> no, no, totally different. I mean, these are guys who are hungry. Um, there, a lot of them are New York guys who are just kind of hungry to to win, and, and uh, they're kind of playing under the Generals banner to help them, um, you know, kind of reimage themselves as not a losing team, as a team who can win. And and um, you know, they haven't won a game in forty six years, so they're trying to do that. But yeah, these are not the Generals who you watch go lose to the Globetrotters. I mean, these are guys who can ball between Sunday out of games, who has I think still one of the most famous regular season shots and really the last maybe decade in the NBA when he beat LeBron and the Cavaliers on that game winning uh, buzzer, buzzer beating three in just his fifth ever NBA game. Malik Booth, really good guy. If you're a college basketball fan, you remember him from his days at St. John's. He's played uh, really everywhere overseas. Really good undersized guard. He kind of gives off um, a Daniel Ruffin vibe if you want a vibe if you want to compare him to a TBT uh, kind of guy. Um, really good passer, um, guy who can get to the hoop. They have Tayshawn Pickett, who's actually playing with them over that Bradley alumni team. He's a guy who uh, has a, a lot of overseas experience. So uh, this is a team, Dan, who I think some people were kind of maybe overlooking early on, just kind of looking at them as a name, the Washington Generals. But when you dig deep into this team, they can play, and I think they're going to give the managers a really tough matchup. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're uh, popping a little champagne after the game, getting that first win in nearly half a century. Jake, Justin Coleman at one point was a consensus, I think, five-star recruit um, to Louisville. I mean, so the Generals actually have a lot of talent on this team between Booth, Coleman, Sundiata Gaines, um, you know, Kavon Litch-Jones has played in TBT before and is a tough guy to handle down low. Antoine Mason uh, played at Auburn. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that Generals team, but the, uh, the Matadors are going to come in as a pretty well-respected team as well. Absolutely. And that is a team that, you know, not only has a lot of Texas Tech guys, but also is, you know, called in some reinforcements from outside of Texas Tech as well. You have a guy like Ryan Brown, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if it's Ryan or Rion, it's one or the other, uh, who has had a, you know, a really good career at the University of Miami. You have Todd Rogatry, who's just a year removed uh, from being that focal point at, on the Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders team. Uh, and then you have John Robertson, too, who's a guy who maybe a lot of people don't know about, uh, but played at Texas Tech for four years and has floated around uh, the European basketball scene, but has really fe- seemed to find his niche uh, in France this year with ASVEL of uh, the Francis Top League, was, a all-star game, was an all-star member, uh, all-star game MVP, and also won the French League title, uh, defeated uh, the guys from the Kentucky Kings and A.J. Slaughter and Irving Walker on that Strasbourg team. Uh, who was, and he was also the MVP in 2015 of the Swedish League. So this is a guy with you know some accolades under his belt who should be a leading piece of that Texas Tech team, someone to watch for uh, when the Matadors take the court against the Washington Generals. But that is a that Washington Generals team is just a hard team uh, to not root for with so many good stories in the team. You mentioned Antoine Mason, uh, the son of the late great uh, Anthony Mason, uh, who used to play for the New York Knicks. But this was, he didn't just play at uh, Auburn. He played at Niagara for four years as well before going to Auburn as a grad student and was a two-time first-team All-Mac member in 2013 and 2014. Uh, he scored 2,000 points 
during his time at Niagara. So that is a, a very well-known player uh, in some basketball circles who should light it up uh, once he takes the floor against that Matadors team. I- I'm hoping that that Washington Generals team pulls it out. I'd love to see some ca- confetti flying, some champagne being brought out from behind the bench, uh, and those guys celebrating like a, they haven't won a game in 46 years because, well, they, they really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> they will have the champagne there just in case they are able to pull off that 9-8, nine, nine, uh, which really wouldn't even be too much of an upset. Those teams are so close anyway. Okay, guys, let's turn to the 4 o'clock matchup between the replacement team for Memorial Magic, BDB Brothers That Ball versus Golden Boot Dynasty. Uh, by way of background, guys, Memorial Magic was originally in the TBT field, qualified through voting, uh, earned the sixth seed, according to the seeding committee for TBT, and then earlier this week had to withdraw from TBT due to a whole variety of circumstances, guys. It was crazy what was going on. The whole team just kind of fell apart right before uh, Lance Goulburn and Derek Byers' eyes. They had an immigration issue, an injury, a family emergency. Uh, the whole thing just kind of fell apart. But uh, BDB, having finished in the runner-up position in the Jamborees South uh, region in Philadelphia uh, over Father's Day weekend, uh, earns that slot to come in and fill that uh, spot vacated now by Memorial Magic, the Vanderbilt alumni team. So we've got BDB with Josh Selby against the Golden Boot Dynasty. Uh, Josh, you are a big fan, I know, of Josh Selby, and he had a dramatic game winner uh, back in Philly during that jamboree uh, to win on the Elam ending. But he's a he's a guy that you've had your eye on uh, for a while, huh? Yeah, I have. I mean, how could you not? Isn't TBT, isn't, aren't we all about like second chances and guys trying to make that comeback? So here you go, a team who they had a tough, you know, loss in the Jamboree, um, whatever you want to call it, the championship game or the qualifying game against the City team, and then uh, they get a second chance. I mean, you feel for Memorial Magic for having to pull out, but um, well-deserved. Josh Selby is a guy who he's really, you know, when you think of TBT, he's been there every year. I know he hasn't made it as far as they've wanted to, but he's been there every year. They have a really good team put together. You know, we saw Kenny Boynton from Florida really have a good uh, Jamboree. Travis Hyman, who played at Bowie State um, really did a good job on the glass, getting rebounds for them and, and playing down low. Deshaun Knight. So they're a good team. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that they haven't really been able to prepare how they come out uh, and play with each other um, now that they just kind of got the call that they've been accepted in the TBT. But I think the good thing about them is they all know each other. A lot of these guys have played together all over the world. And I think, you know, no matter what the circumstance, they're all kind of guys who are hungry to show that, um, you know, maybe the NBA didn't work out in their favor, uh, but they still have a lot left in the tank and trying to kind of prove themselves. So I really love this team. I think they're going to do really well in the tournament. But, um, yeah, you got to feel happy for them that they get a second chance after, you know, kind of a real tough loss to the city team in that Jamboree qualifying game. Yeah, definitely a unique circumstance for TBT uh, in our history. You know, we've had a couple of teams that have withdrawn before um, and we've replaced them and uh, certainly have not done a Jamboree before. So luckily we did that and had the opportunity to know that teams were invested and involved. And I think Josh still has a little bit of work to do within the next 48 hours or so on his uh, on his roster. But, you know, obviously with a core of him and uh, Travis Hyman, you've got both the guard play right there with Josh as well as the big guy to do the rebounding and the defense. So we'll see what they can pull out. And uh, obviously Golden Boot from the beginning, Jake, was one of the teams that just jumped out to a huge lead in the voting. Very, very invested in the whole process. Jeremy McNeil and Keith Kelly have done a fantastic job of pulling that team together. Their roster has been incredibly stable the whole time uh, throughout the application process, which to me is usually a pretty good sign that a team is going to have some success in TBT. Yeah, they look very well put together, and I imagine they've put in some time on the court the past couple weeks to sort of build up their chemistry and get some some set plays 
going together so that they're ready when they take on whoever they play, which is now going to be BDB. I mean, if you look at the roster, they got some notable players. Devon Balkman had a very nice career at Tennessee while he was there. A.J. Walton is one of the better shooters in Baylor uh, history from three-point range. And then you have some guys who played on the, the team last year with DeAndre Williams. Uh, and Larry Williams as well will be on the team. So, I mean, they're looking really well. And, you know, even with, you know, the short preparation time to get ready for BDB, there is tape on them from the Jamboree if they want to sit down and break down that team. And, you know, we know what Josh Selby's capable of, a former McDonald's All-American. There's some high-level players on the team with some big, from some D- big D1 programs. Uh, so I don't know if the game plan will really necessarily change too much, but, uh, it, they, they should definitely be prepared regardless of, of who they're going to play. And they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. They've talked about this a lot. It's a lot of guys from the south of Arkansas and Louisiana who have been overlooked throughout most of their pro careers. And uh, no matter who they play, they're going to come ready. And Josh, I know you have some thoughts on this Golden Boot team. Actually, a lot of these guys played against Josh Selby in BDB last year in the South Regional, right? Yeah, they, a couple of guys on that Golden Boot team played for Arkansas's EBL Finest. They were a team who they came in with five guys, but they gave them you know really a tough test. I mean, Rashad Moss, I remember, had a great game. Uh, DeAndre Williams was, uh, I think he had nearly a, a triple-double in that game for Arkansas's Finest. So, um, you know, they, they've played against this team before. Um, they're kind of looking for a little bit of revenge against them. Um, you know, I, I think Golden Boot's a really well-put-together team. I think they might be one of the teams that people are really overlooking for whatever reason. I mean, they've done a great job putting the roster together, but uh, I will say the one thing I wanted to mention too, Dan, if BDB can survive, uh, and assuming old hottie toddy beats NC Prodigal Sons, which isn't a given, but if you go by seedings, that's the way it should go. You get another rematch there of BDB versus old hottie toddy, which is Selby and Henderson. They actually played last year in the second round in really one of the more memorable games in the uh, South Regional a year ago. Marshall Henderson and then it was TMD pulled out a real close win, but uh, Marshall Henderson and Selby, they were really going back and forth the whole game. They were talking at each other. They were really having kind of a good time kind of yapping back and forth so that's a a, a real notable uh, second round matchup that we might get yet again this year yeah we'll see if that happens Um, Golden Boot I'm sure is going to do everything they can to make sure that it doesn't and uh, knowing how intensely they took the application period I can't imagine that they're going to do anything less than that during the actual games Uh, Jake you mentioned it but obviously the Golden Boot there is a reference to uh, the fact that these guys are from Louisiana and Arkansas you look at the shape of those two states combined it looks like a big boot and every year, LSU and Arkansas play for a trophy called the Golden Boots. So we'll see what happens on that front. That's going to be an interesting matchup and certainly one that um, I think a lot of people are going to be having their eyes on, uh, particularly as it leads into this next matchup that they're going to play against either the Ole Miss team or the Prodigal Sons. But this old hottie toddy team, guys, is really incredible. Marshall Henderson has really done an amazing job of organizing what I think, for my money, is one of the best alumni teams that we're seeing anywhere in the field this year. I, yeah. you're, you're, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. No, sorry to cut you off there. Undoubtedly one of the, the, you know, the premier teams, premier alumni teams for sure in the TBT field. And you just look at some of the records these guys have set, you know, during their collegiate days. Marshall Anderson holds the SEC record for threes in a season. Murphy Holloway is Ole Miss's, you know, all-time leading rebounder. Terrence Henry is the second player in Ole Miss history with a thousand points and a thousand blocks. And Chris O'Warren also helped set, you know, three-point field goal records at Ole Miss during his time there. So a very well-composed team. It was inevitable that Marshall Henderson was going to get all these guys together at some point. Uh, it's a perfect time for them to come together this year. Uh, I imagine they'll probably get a couple people out there as well to, to cheer them on. And every time Marshall Henderson takes the floor, uh, he's a guy to watch. He's an electric player, not only on the floor, uh, but you know, has, brings some antics with him as well. Uh, so maybe that'll you know charge up the their, the NC Prodigal Sons there and you know give them a little extra motivation to try and shut him up. Uh, but it's setting up for a really good matchup. And anytime Marshall takes the floor, he's uh, he's a guy worth watching.
Josh, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think Marshall's the, the guy who, if you say TBT and just you, have, you know, one guy comes to mind. I think for me, it's Marshall Henderson. Just that one guy who, you know, he's played in TBT every year. He's a fun personality. He enjoys it. He always, you know, they always kind of have a smile on their face, win or lose. I mean, obviously they don't like to lose, but they just kind of they're they're always just into it. He brings a fun group of guys. This Ole Miss team um, is going to be a fun group, and they're actually my pick. If anyone can upset overseas elite, I think it'll be this old hottie toddy team in the South. I mean, they have so much talent that. I don't even know how much Marshall Henderson will be playing on this team with all the talent they've been brought in. You know, Jake mentioned it perfectly. But yeah, Dan, you mentioned the NC Prodigal Suns. They played VCU, that Ram Nation team, very tough in the first round. They were up 20. I think it maybe got cut to like 14 or 15 by halftime. Um, but they were up big on them in the first half. They're well coached. Jason Caldwell, really good guy. Great coach on that team. And um, another team kind of playing um, for a little bit of a cause, or, you know, bigger than themselves. They're trying to get recognition for the Prodigal Sons Foundation. And they're a group of guys. You might not have heard of them. A couple of East Carolina guys, if you're a big fan of college basketball, that you might know. But they play hard. Um, they play together. They play together all year round. So, um, you know, you can never kind of overlook a team like that. But, yeah, I think Ohio Italia might just have a little bit too much talent and uh, will probably be able to pull away in that one. Yeah. I mean, to double back on what you just said, Josh, I mean, from Henderson's own admission, I don't think he's going to play that much, you know, which is really incredible when you think about – uh, who they've put together in this team, that Henderson is going to be really a complimentary player. I mean, Chris Warren is probably going to have the ball a lot. I'd look for Murphy Holloway to do some damage on offense. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good team. Prodigal Sons are obviously a very tough matchup because they play together all the time. And teams like that are often a challenge when you get into a one-and-done scenario because they know uh, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and, and we'll see what happens on that front. But this is going to be a great matchup. So the winner of this um, 3-14 matchup, again, is going to play that 6-11 team from the Memorial Magic Golden Boot Dynasty winner. So that's Old Hotty Toddy versus NC Prodigal Sons at 545 on Saturday. All right, so the last part of the day is going to feature uh, really the team that probably brings the most fans uh, to TBT, I would suspect, and certainly the most enthusiasm among those fans, the number two-seeded Ram Nation team, uh, largely a VCU alumni team, versus, again, a four-time TBT participant, Showtime. Uh, let's go by background real quick. Showtime started off in 2014 uh, as a team from Bristol, Virginia, uh, the Bristol, Virginia area. They're from a small town called Council. But Showtime uh, had one of their fans last year win the bracket challenge. The number one finisher overall was a, one of their buddies from high school. And as his prize, he picked the ability to select an at-large team for TBT 2017. How was he going to go against the guys from Council, Virginia? So he picks Showtime. Showtime now comes in with their strongest team that I think they've ever had. They've got a ton of D1 talent, a lot of guys that have played at a high level, uh, including the D-League. Uh, they've got a tough matchup, and again, it speaks to the quality of the South region that they're a 15 seed, but they've got a tough matchup, Jake, in Ram Nation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm impressed with the Showtime team and how they progress, and that, again, is part of the beauty of TBT. You can have a couple friends from a small town in Virginia take the court one year, and then the next couple of years you have you build up a nice core of former D1 players and even a former NBA player in Garrett Seiler. But that VCU team is just an absolute uh, monster. It's very well put together, uh, a team with some absolute history there from their, their Final Four run back in 2010. You have a lot of the main pieces from that team. Javante Reddick, Jamie Skeen, Brandon Roselle, who will all be taking the court. You also have Bradford Burgess and Joey Rodriguez on the bench who are going to be coaching for you guys. And then you bring in some extra help as well. You have a guy uh, with a ton of experience in Romeo Travis, uh, the boyhood friend of LeBron James, who is coming to help this team. 
that is already, you know, very loaded, one of the deepest teams in TBT. The fact that you can add him on another guy who played with Irving Walker and AJ Slaughter in France, uh, it's impressive. And then you look at the NBA experience in that team too. Reggie Williams and Eric Mader combined for like 13 or 14 years of NBA experience together. That would be, uh, you know, a team that you could consider for a one seed if Overseas Elite was not there. They probably are the one seed if Overseas Elite isn't there. Uh, and they should, I, I would expect them to probably uh, beat Showtime rather handily. It's unfortunate because Showtime, again, has put together a really good team. Uh, and they've, they've yet to be, really be able to get over that first round hump. Uh, but they've, they've run into an absolute monster in, in Visu, a, a dominant force that I think will, will take it all the way to that South Regional Championship game. Jake, on that VCU team, uh, I'm sorry, uh, jo- Josh, Jake just mentioned this, but uh, Reggie Williams, uh, NBA vet, really is like the DJ Kennedy of that VCU team, just super versatile, can probably play four positions. Uh, your thoughts on the VCU team? Yeah, I mean, if if Reggie doesn't get injured, who knows? Maybe they beat Overseas Elite down in Philadelphia University last year for the Super 16. I mean, uh, you you can't deny the talent on this team. It's, again, kind of an unfortunate matchup for Showtime, who, um, again, you know, if you talk about teams in TBT who, you know, there's talent and maybe they should be a better seed than they are um, in any other kind of tournament in the world, it would be Showtime because, um, I mean, I've been really, especially they added Andre Sandoval and Garrett Siler, like Jake mentioned, both of them played with Train to Go previously, and the only team they those two have ever lost to is Overseas Elite. Um, so those were two really big additions for them. Sandoval, uh, really good player. He comes from Dayton. He's played um, again for Train to Go the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's unfortunate for them that they're running into kind of a juggernaut in Ram Nation. Uh, a lot of people again picking them as a potential upset over Overseas Elite. If you listen to the podcast with Charge Nation uh, last week, he was very confident that Ram Nation's going to beat Overseas Elite. That he actually uh, uh, won a thousand dollars as a fan of Overseas Overseas Elite last year and instead this year voted for uh, Ram Nation because he's so confident that they're going to beat Overseas Elite. So a lot of good talent on this team. Um, you feel for Showtime a little bit, but yeah, I think Ram Nation, a little bit too much talent, and I think they're going to be able to run away with it late. All right, that's a great matchup there for the 730 game. The two-seed Ram Nation versus uh, TPT Original Showtime, the number 15 seed. That one's going to be at 730. So the winner of that Ram Nation Showtime game is going to play the winner of the 710 matchup. That's our 915 game in Charlotte. That's going to be the Blue Zoo, which is a Middle Tennessee alumni team versus the number 10 primetime players. Primetime players have been in TBT since 2015. In 2015, they reached the round of 16, the Super 16, and really played a great form of basketball, just running and gunning, shooting as many threes as you could possibly jack up there, and uh, played really great back in 2015. The Blue Zoo is a first-time TBT participant uh, under this banner, uh, but really, uh, Jake, a team that has a lot of talent and guys that are really in the perfect place of their career to play well in TBT. Absolutely. I mean, both of these teams are really solid. You look at what Blue Zoo brings and the accolades that that team has. Uh, Laron Dendy was the 2012 Sunbelt Player of the Year. Sean Jones was the Conference USA Player of the Year. Uh, Darnell Harris was part of that Middle Tennessee team that upset the number two seeded Michigan State team in the 2016 NCAA tournament when Denzel uh, Valentine was the driving force there. Uh, so they've, they've come up in big game situations. These guys know how to play together. And obviously, uh, you know, playing in Middle Tennessee together, a lot of these guys know each other and they'll have the chemistry built there. And then you add a guy like Adonis Thomas, too, from Memphis, who played in TBT with the Buff City Blues, also spent some time in the NBA. Uh, whenever you can add a guy like that with that kind of experience, who can also shoot the ball, uh, 
it's it's an always a necessary skill, and the fact that they can have him uh, is certainly an added bonus. And that primetime players team, you know, maybe the most elite minor league basketball team in the entire country, have won so many titles, you know, in the ECBL, the East Coast Basketball League, and have, have done some damage in TV2, have made some deep runs into the tournament. Uh, so this could be one of the more underrated games uh, in the South region that people should definitely keep an eye on uh, when they tip when they tip off. I'm I'm actually going to leave with the primetime players here, just given their their TBT experience and how many games they've won, and especially how many games they've played together. A lot of these guys have played over 500 games together, as GM Chris Thomas has said. Uh, so when you talk about chemistry, they're certainly going to beat Middle Tennessee there, uh, despite the fact that those guys also spent you know three four years playing together at a collegiate level too. Um, Josh, this Middle Tennessee team is really composed of the same guys that have done so well in the NCAA tournament, upset Michigan State, I believe, a couple of years ago. But this is going to be a great matchup, too, for the last game of the day down there in the south in Charlotte, where you're going to be. Yeah, I'm going with Jake. I'm going with primetime. I think uh, uh, they I mean, they played train to go as well as you can for um, like 30 minutes of that 36-minute games, and then they had a couple of injuries. They already came in a little bit shorthanded. Uh, one of their guys was out with an injury, um, and I, I just think they're, they're a really good team. I mean, they just won another East Coast Basketball League championship. They've won their league championship between the Tobacco Road League and the East Coast Basketball League for, I believe, now six years in a row, um, and they're like Jake mentioned, they're like literally the best minor league team in the country. Um, and this blue zoo team, I mean, they've done great things. A lot of those alums have kind of sparked middle Tennessee into a team who's now made the NCAA tournament three of five, uh, three of the last five years. You can't count that out. They're coming in hungry. They play with a chip on their shoulder because middle Tennessee is an overlooked team. But, um, my, this might be my hottest take yet, Dan, but I have prime time actually beating middle Tennessee and then upsetting Ram nation to make it to New York. I think they're so dynamic, such a good shooting team. They can play so many different ways. So that's going to be my big on the limb pick primetime players going to New York for the super 16. All right. Josh Brown goes out on a limb. Picks the 10, not only over the 7, but the 10 over the 2. We'll see how Josh's bracket uh, works out. You know, one thing that is not going out on a limb, Josh, you want to know one thing? What's that? Following TPT on Twitter. <laughs> At the tournament is our handle on Twitter. On Facebook, we're facebook.com backslash the tournament. On Instagram, Jake, I believe that there's a dot in there someplace, right? It is between the and the tournament, so it would be the dot tournament. Right, so thanks a lot to that guy who won't turn over his handle to us on Instagram. Really appreciate that, buddy. Uh, Anyways, you can also subscribe to TBT's podcast on Apple Podcasts, so be sure you're doing that. Um, When you you guys go to your iPhones and you press down the bottom when you're on the podcast, what you're going to see is a little opportunity to share that podcast. It looks like a little square. It's got a little arrow that points up. What I would suggest to anyone that is listening to this podcast, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to click that little square with the arrow that goes up. Share it to all your friends and family. Make sure that they know as much about TBT as you do. Now, if you're not able to make it down to Charlotte on July 8th and 9th, you can also catch TBT live streamed on the Watch ESPN app or Watch ESPN I guess it's not watch ESPN three, it's ESPN three, but you can watch it streamed live on ESPN. All of our games are going to be live and covered by ESPN this summer. So look forward to that. Uh, Guys, I want to give a quick thoughts and prayers out to Jason Williams. He has a torn ACL uh, out for six to eight months. He injured that uh, playing in the big three. So he was a TBT participant in 2016 and I'm wishing Jason a quick recovery uh, from that torn ACL guys. Thanks again for your time, Jake. Have a great time down in Philly. I'll see you there. And Josh, you're going to have fun in Charlotte, I assume, right? I will. I'm looking forward to catching up back with you guys uh, next week for the Midwest Regional. All right. Terrific. All right. Thanks again. And we'll be back soon with updates on TBT's first round matchups and first and second round matchups, as well as previews of the West and Midwest Regionals 
coming up very soon. Thanks again.